Good morning, church. How you doing? Enjoying Future Sound Sunday? How good are the kids? I think the kids could say anything and we would just adore and love them regardless. It is great to be with you here this morning. And if you can hear my voice and you're out in the foyer, you can make your way to your seats. That would be awesome. Hey, just before we continue with uh, our service, I want to give a big warm welcome because it is uh, a special little person's first time here at Civic. Taff and Sheila Emberry with their beautiful arrival. Addy, wherever they are, they might be in the parenting suite, but wherever you are, it's a beautiful new addition to the Civic family and we're so glad. Where are they? There they are, right there. And looks like Dad is doing well and Mum's doing well as well. So great to have you guys here this morning. Today is Future Sound Sunday and uh, we thought uh, as part of today, obviously Future Sound Sunday, we, we highlight the future generations coming through and our worship team and communion guys have done an absolutely brilliant job. But we thought it would be a good opportunity to uh, have two generational perspectives on a passage of Scripture and so this morning, I'm joined by my 12-year-old daughter, Lily, and uh, you never give me that reception. You never give me that reception, but that's okay. And uh, so in just a few moments, she's going to share a few thoughts around a passage of Scripture. And so if you do have your Bible, I'd love it if you could turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to read the first 10 verses, and uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, we'll throw it up on the screen for you. It says this, it says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel... Serve the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I, I, I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. And so he did. And then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I, I, I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. How many parents know it's hard when kids won't go to bed? It's always just that last drink of water. And they always want to talk about life's biggest issues just before bedtime. I digress. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. And so the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And so he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel. Samuel, and Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you for your word. We thank you that it can change lives. God, it can transform hearts. And God, I pray no matter what generation we identify with here today, God, I pray that we would walk out of church changed and different to how we came in. Not because of the words of a person, but because of your Holy Spirit transforming and changing hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Two generations, one voice. This is what we see in 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3 is this uh, beautiful 
insight and great relevance on a day like today, Future Sound Sunday, where we have two generations, the younger generation represented by Samuel and the older generation represented by Eli, two generations intersecting with one another and engaging with one another. It shows the two generations working together. Our world right now in 2022 has never been more divided and it would appear to me that the The division and the tension within our world is somewhat more amplified when ideals and thoughts from the different generations collide. This week, I celebrated, or we celebrated, my dad's 75th birthday. He is 38 years my senior. And uh, we had him over for dinner. And I was trying to explain to my father from a different generation of how you could import your physical credit card onto your phone. I mean, this guy's wallet is ridiculously large. He has back problems because it's so large. He has, he has vouchers from Ansett Australia still in that wallet. It is ridiculous. And I was like, Dad, you can bring these cards across and you can like halve the size of your wallet. And he just, he did not get it. He's like, what about the hackers? They'll know. It's always about the hackers with that. He's like paranoid about hackers. But then if you could take it one step further, you know, the generational differences with the, the younger generation, Gen Z and Gen Alpha, uh, you know, they're always talking about the TikTok dancers and, and how, the, how you've got to get your hype dance. And some of you have no idea what a hype dance. Neither do I. And so it's okay. And so we have these generational differences. But I happen to believe that there is no doubt We have differences as generations on how we see the world, how we see life, but the differences don't have to divide us, and our disagreements don't have to dictate the division that the world would seemingly have all the time. And so here we have two generations in 1 Samuel chapter 3, but one voice and one God. And even though we come from different eras and different ways of doing things, we still serve the one God. We still serve the, the one true living God. 1 Samuel chapter 3 gives us all a picture for the generations on Future Sound Sunday to follow. And so I'm going to hand it over to the younger generation to share a few thoughts. Verse 3 says, The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel! So it was night time, or early morning, yet even though it was dark, God's lamp had not gone out. And in the glow of the lamp, God spoke. It was dark in the temple, and it was also dark times for Israel. But God had not left them. God was still speaking. Now, I hate the dark. I hate it because of the, the unknown. It can bring doubt and fear into my mind. I remember two years ago, I was on a year five camp and I couldn't sleep the first night. It was so dark in the cabin. As I looked into the abyss, I thought I could see a chair walking. (laughs) It was so dark in the room that I started to fear and imagine things that weren't real. But that fear quickly disappeared the moment the light was switched on. You might not be on a year five camp right now, But how often does our imagination bring doubt or fear, things in our life because of the darkness? From Samuel chapter 3 to the year 2022, our generations still live in dark times. But you and I can trust God's promises 
that no matter how dark our world gets, God still speaks. No matter how hopeless things appear, God still speaks. No matter how lost you feel, God still speaks. When God speaks in our darkness, it's like a light being switched on. We may not be able to always see or even understand things in the natural, but when we trust that God is always speaking, the light stays on and we can see the supernatural. Not only did God speak in the darkness, he spoke to the next generation in Samuel. You might be young, you might be inexperienced, you might not have all the answers, you might have made many mistakes, you might not be ready, but none of this disqualifies you from God speaking to you. Twelve months ago, I was given an opportunity to be a part of this exact service. At first I said yes, but then I became fearful and nervous, and I ended up backing out. Four weeks ago, I was thinking about how I thought I had failed, but God spoke to my heart and said, there will be another time. That same week, without knowing anything or what I'd be thinking, Dad came home one day and invited me to speak with him today. Our age doesn't matter when it comes to God speaking. Samuel was a teenager, David was a teenager, Mary was a teenager, Esther was a teenager, Joseph was a teenager, and Miriam was a teenager. And yet God spoke to them in their youth, and they did great things for their families, their people, and their nation. Verse 7 says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had a message from the Lord before. He had not had a message from the Lord before. One word and the verse completely changes how it is viewed. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 2 that Samuel was doing all the right things. He was attending church, going to youth, obeying his parents. He was raised in a godly home, but he did not have the full revelation of God yet. I have watched my mum and dad live out their life and I do my best to follow their example and pattern. But I know deep down that I have my own faith journey and my own personal walk with God. I know God has a plan and a purpose for my life, but I don't exactly know what that all means yet. But here is what I do know. Even at 12 years of age, we can grow up around church, attend church events and programs. We can listen to preaching, podcasts and worship. But none of those have the power to change and transform a life. None of those things can bring joy, peace, humility. It's only a revelation of Jesus and God's presence that does that. G.K. Chesterton said that going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to a garage makes you a car. For every single young person hearing my voice today, You may have a Christian home, go to a Christian school, go to church. And all these things are great, but go after your own revelation and relationship with God for yourself. And trust God's timing. Like Samuel, he didn't have the full revelation yet. In time, time, he became a great prophet for God. I received a guitar for my birthday, and I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not as good as Pastor Ryan. 
yet. And I'm a, I'm a pretty good singer, but I'm not a great singer, not yet. Not ever, Dad. Okay. 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 That's fine. I face many decisions and choices, and I know as I grow older, I'll face plenty more. There will be ones that don't matter much and won't alter the direction of my life. But then there will be significant moments which will impact my future. And I hope in those life-defining moments, I do what Samuel did and seek out wise counsel. I believe Samuel's example is the perfect pattern for my generation to follow. Samuel's response to the confusion he faced was not try and figure it out on his own. He went to his mentor, someone he trusted that could guide his steps. Samuel may have been wrong in thinking it was Eli's voice, but he was right in going to the older generation. Few, fewer years ago, I had some friendship issues at school and talking to my mum was such a great help. She gave me wisdom and helped me th see things clearer for me so I could make the right choice. When we fail to seek wisdom, we fail to see the whole picture. To every young person here today, when you are faced with choices, seek wisdom, seek the older generation, find a mentor. So, younger generation, can I finish my thoughts today by saying, even when it's dark, God speaks. Even though you're young, God speaks. Trust God's timing. What you're believing may not have happened yet. And when faced with confusion, seek wisdom. Brilliant. Well done, Lily. <laughs> Gives great, great insight into the, the younger generation's response to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And obviously the second character or the second figure that we see in that passage is Eli, which is representing the older generation. In verse 2 in that chapter 3, it says, One night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The Bible says that his eyes were dim. He struggled to see. Not only was his physical sight impaired, but if you understand the full context of what was happening in 1 Samuel, his physical sight was not only impaired, but his spiritual sight had also diminished. He started to overlook things and he, he failed to see things of what was happening in his own family, in his own life. His eyes had failed him physically, but also spiritually. See, what happens, church, when we get older and when we start to age a little bit, we, we get tired. And I have started to experience this phenomenon where I can start to sleep anywhere. My wife observed this the other day where I could just sit in a chair. It's one of the great goals that I have as a dad where you can just fall asleep anywhere. Are there any other dads that have reached this ultimate goal? It's amazing. It's beautiful where you can just fall asleep no matter where. You don't even have to be lying down. And as we age, we get tired. And that exhaustion and that, and that, that, that tiredness that we can experience from life's pain pressure and problems, what can happen not just physically but spiritually, our vision can start to get tainted. We can become pessimists, we can become cynical and we can become critical perhaps of the next generation. We become distant and we become disconnected to what God is doing and we fail to see sometimes 
when the tiredness kicks in, we fail to see that maybe God is doing a new thing in the next generation. Because it's not how we used to do it, so God could possibly not be over it. I pray that as we begin to see our new generations, our younger generations start to rise, that we don't model perhaps the same attitudes and behaviours that others may have, where instead of criticising the younger generation, telling them to get a job and a haircut, I mean mullets, what the heck? They're back people, you better get used to them. And I don't understand it and neither do you. And that's okay. Because it's not about the external. It's about what's going on in the heart. I mean, I've wanted to ban some of the kids from youth for bringing mullets. This is the house of the Lord, a house of purity. No foul thing shall enter. But we move on. Instead of criticizing, we champion young people. Instead of negativity, we become their biggest advocates and encouragers. I've made my mind up and I trust that you have too that as I grow older and as my perhaps my vision starts to age a little bit that my passion for the younger generation shall not. Because how many people know that in 10 years time, in 20 years time how church looks and the expressions of faith in a church community is going to look perhaps completely different to what we experience on a Sunday now. And you know what? This is what I've made my mind up on. So long as they're preaching Jesus, so long as they're preaching grace and truth and they're reaching people through the power of the gospel, you can have as many mullets on this platform as you want. Because it's not about the methods, it's about the message. You keep the message sacred, you can change your methods however you want, young people. So long as we're reaching people for Jesus, so long as we're preaching grace, so long as we're preaching truth and the sacred scriptures, I'm right there with you. Let's not let our vision like Eli to grow dim and blind to what God is doing. God is moving amongst our young people. And I love that we are a church we are a nursery for young people where they can, they can start to stretch out their faith. And they've got a whole bunch of older generations saying, you know what, you can do this. This is a safe place where you can step up on a platform and maybe you make mistakes, but we are right there with you, young person. Right there with you. It took three calls out from God, but eventually Eli realized that it was God. Bible says that Eli finally realized, and Eli may have been delayed in his realization of, you know what, that's God's voice speaking to the younger generation. But it was only because of that revelation that Eli had had as a man of God that he could identify and discern that it was God. Eli had a walk with God, he had a relationship with God, and because of that, he was able to model that to the younger generation. He could guide the younger generation forward because of his revelation and because of his personal walk with God. What can we learn from this as the older generations, millennials, baby boomers, Gen X? What can we learn from someone like Eli that he can identify and discern God's voice and guide the next generation? What can we learn from this? What is that telling us in 2022? If I can just speak to maybe the parents of kids or teenagers, can I say this? Don't expect your Samuels to be passionate about the things of God if you're not. Don't expect your Samuels to be eager to read God's Word if you're not. Don't expect your Samuel to reach out to God in prayer if you don't. 
Don't expect your Samuel to go to God in a crisis if you don't. Over the last decade, I've had the privilege of being involved with youth ministry. And here's what I've discovered, and here's a few observations that I understand from leading young people. We get them for a few short hours on a Friday night or a Sunday morning at Civic Kids. As the parents, you get them seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And some of you are like, I know, we get them all the time. It never ends. But we get them for a few short hours and... We endeavor and we try our best to impart God and all that God has for them. But let me tell you, you are the best youth pastor that they have. You are the best kids pastor they have. What are you modeling in your life that they're observing? And let me tell you, they are watching. They are watching how you deal with issues. They are watching how you deal with gossip. They listen to what you talk about across the dinner table. What are we modeling? What pattern are we showing the younger generation? Because I cannot expect my daughter to be passionate about the things of God if I'm not prepared to model it in my life. I can't say to her, you know what? God's promises are real if I don't believe that for my own life. What are we modeling? What are we showing the next generation? And here's my final thought. We didn't read it initially in the first 10 verses. But as God begins to speak to the younger generation... God paints a really bleak picture because of Eli's dim vision. If you do a little bit of understanding of the context, Eli's sons had not been living in godly ways. And so God basically says, I'm bringing judgment to the nation of Israel because Eli has overlooked things. And he tells this to a young man named Samuel. In the morning, Samuel wakes and Eli understands that God has spoken to Samuel, who later becomes a prophet for Israel. And Eli says something to this effect. He said, what did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. Don't suppress it. Don't soften it. As God is your judge, tell me everything. Eli knows it's bad news. Eli knows that it's going to be messy news. But he says to the younger generation, tell me everything. Tell me everything that God had told you. Over the last four years, recent surveys across churches in both the United States and Australia, have discovered one of the main reasons why millennials, Gen Z, and Gen Alpha are running from church and more more importantly, running from God. One of the main reasons for why they are doing that is because they believe there is a lack of authenticity in the church. What they are saying is there is more polish than passion in the church of God. This is what the younger generation is saying. What they're saying is you care far too much about how things look than how things actually are. What they're saying is you talk about things on a Sunday and how we have to be on mission, but then your lives look completely different on a Monday. What's the younger generation calling out for? They're calling out for authenticity. They're calling out for real. They don't care about the polish. They don't care about how things look. They want to see how things really are. They want to actually know, does faith actually work? Does Jesus actually work? Does the Bible actually work on a Wednesday? Or do we just talk about it on Sunday as if it does? That's what the younger generation is saying. And some of them have made their mind up to say, you know what, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. You talk about how God is on the throne of your life, but it doesn't reflect throughout the week. They're crying out for authenticity, older generations. They're crying out to you and to me saying, just give us real. Listen, I I, I get it. 
in, in terms of I, I know my father and, and the generations that he grew up in, and it was, you, you, you dare not talk about the real stuff. You dare not talk about the mess. And hear me, I'm not about to suggest that we have to air our dirty laundry to everybody. I think there's wisdom in that, in being discerning about who we talk to. But gone are the days where we just hide everything away. God already knows, and so we need to be authentic in our faith and say, you know what, there's some messy things about my life. But Jesus is my saviour. Jesus is the answer. He's the author and finisher of my faith. And I believe that if we can model that to the young people, man, it would speak volumes. Rather than just saying, well, back in my day, the good old days when God really moved, that's not helpful. That's not helping the younger generation. Maybe God did move. But I got news for you, friend. It's 2022 and God is still moving. God is still doing a new thing. And I don't know about you, but I want to be right on the cusp of it as a church. Authenticity. Like Eli, he said, tell me about the mess. That's what Eli was modeling to Samuel. Tell me about the mess. He was authentic. He was genuine. He's like, don't, don't soften it for me. Don't suppress it. Tell me everything that God had told you. I think that spoke volumes to Samuel, the younger generation. The truth. Sometimes the truth is hard. Sometimes the truth is hard to swallow because it doesn't feel right. But it speaks volumes to the younger generation. So I wonder if we could stand this morning as we pray and then I'm going to hand it over to our senior pastor. Heavenly Father, God, we are grateful that you have called generations together. Multi-generational church, but one God. And God, I pray today that as we've opened your word and we've seeked you, God, that you would speak to each and every one of us as individuals, maybe as the older generation, God, maybe that we model authenticity, maybe that we model real, God, maybe as the younger generation, and maybe we haven't got it all figured out yet, but God, we know that you have a plan and a purpose. God, wherever we find ourselves on the timeline, I pray today that as a church, as a community, that the world would watch and witness God. And yes, we have differences, but our differences don't divide us. Our differences actually make us stronger because of who you are. Because of Jesus, God, we're able to unite as one. We're able to put our differences aside to give you glory and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless your church. Hope you have a great week. And I'm going to hand it over to our senior pastor.